0: Greetings everyone and welcome to h Engineering's monthly podcast, h On The Air. I'm your host, Rob McManamy, Editor-in-Chief of h Engineering Magazine. And our guests today are two accomplished engineers and past presidents of ASHRAE, Dr. Donald Colliver from the University of Kentucky, and Mr. Thomas Phoenix, Mechanical Contractors, Inc. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Last spring, this highly experienced pair were named as co-chairs of ASHRAE's new Task Force for Building Decarbonization, or TFBD for short. Now, that is an important new effort that our listeners have heard reference here in prior podcast episodes with current ASHRAE President Mick Schwedler, as well as his predecessor, Chuck Gulledge. It was Gulledge in 2021 who launched the TFBD and intentionally patterned it after the successful ASHRAE Epidemic Task Force that was urgently birthed by the pandemic. Gentlemen, welcome to HPAC on the air. Don and Tom, First, let's dive into your backgrounds a bit. Please tell us how your careers and involvement with ASHRAE and sustainability efforts over the years have led you to lead this this key task force. Don, let's, let's start with you, if we can.
1: Okay, thank you, Rob. First of all, let me thank you for the opportunity to talk about this ASHRAE Task Force for Building Decarbonization. It's uh, a great opportunity to be with you and to talk about this task force that is far reaching and has had a lot of exciting things going on with it. So, uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Response to your question uh, I've been doing research and teaching the HVAC area and the design of efficient buildings for quite some time 40 plus years or so. I got involved in ASHRAE as a student and then. Uh, later as a faculty member through its research program and standards development, and eventually became society president in 2002. Now, during that time as society president in the years leading up to it, I came to realize that many design professionals were looking for guidance on building and designs that were better than just the code minimums. And I visioned that if we broke down the silos in this built environment, profession. And if we brought professionals together, we could provide this guidance to the designers that were trying to build better than the code minimums. And working with AIA and U.S. Green Building Council and IES and USDOE, we pulled together a team to start the development of the Advanced Energy Design Guides. I subsequently served as chair of that group for over 10 years. And by 2013, we had over 50,000 copies of the ADGs and distribution. This, I believe, was what actually led to my being requested to work on this particular project.
0: OK, thanks. And that, that all makes sense, certainly. And, uh, and Tom, how did you come to this project, would you say?
2: Well, uh, th- thank you, Rob, and, and I would echo Don's thanks for allowing, allowing us to talk about the, the task force. This is really exciting for us. Uh, I'm a consulting engineer. I have worked in the architecture engineering business uh, for a long time. Um, and, and now I'm uh, working with a design build uh, contractor. But again, my, my, my background is at, uh, consulting engineering. When I first started, I was invited to join the local ASHRAE chapter, and I did, and sort of the rest is history kind of thing. Uh, I was uh, ASHRAE president in 2014-15. But I'm still very involved. Uh, The the Advanced Energy Design Guide Steering Committee that Don formed uh, and, and you just heard about, I am the current chair of that committee. I've been the chair for the last six years. I also uh, serve on on the board of the National Institute of Building Sciences in 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 Washington. Uh, I'm I'm their current vice chair. I like Don. Got a call from Chuck Gulledge and Mick Swedler last spring that uh, that said, "Hey, you know, we need to get into this decarbonization world. And uh, would you be willing to co-chair this thing with Don and I?" So. I've enthusiastically agreed to to that request, and again, you know, that's that's been our the, the world of, of energy efficiency and now carbon reduction. That's that's been uh, our focus, personally speaking for Don and myself for a long, long time, and I think that's why we're here today.
0: Well, I'm glad you're. Seems like you're you're a good pair to have in, in charge of this group. Now, how could you describe the uh, the work and goals of the task force a bit, and maybe how it's its pattern after the uh, Epidemic Task Force also?
2: Well, sure, again, it, the task force was was appointed by uh, President Gulledge and, and then uh, reappointed this year by uh, now President uh, Swedler. Um, there are 15 members on the task force. Uh, they represent all of the different uh, parts of the industry and they come from all parts of the world. We actually have um, members um, from Europe um, and, and representatives from with, uh, that grew up in the Far East. Uh, so there's, there's global representation on the task force. But what we did early on was we identified what we called key areas of concern. What, what were the areas that we needed to focus on to begin to address the decarbonization problem in buildings? Um, and we assigned uh, one of the task force members to chair. what we then set up as working groups to address those nine areas of concern that we came up with. And then um, those chairs populated their individual working groups with uh, whoever they could find from Within Ashray, outside of Ashray, uh, from all over the world, you know, whatever, uh, the, they, they, needed, they needed to populate their working groups with experts uh, in the field and relevant to the subject of the key area of concern. They have now done that. We have nine very, very active working groups. There are over 120 volunteers who are participating in those nine working groups, again, coming from all over the world. And um, they are addressing uh, those concerns, uh, starting with um, a position document for ASHRAE. One of the, one of the committees is, is working to, to write uh, and, and get ASHRAE to approve uh, a position document about building decarbonization. But then the other working groups are addressing things like embodied carbon, the grid interaction, uh, overall building performance, uh, operational carbon issues, you know. So, um, so those that's that's what we've been doing now for, for right out a year. Uh, we were appointed in February of last year, so um, and the working group started in in full force uh, the first part of April. So almost a year now we've been we've been setting up and working, and and we are really really active at this point.
0: Okay, um, let's, I guess, let's talk a little bit about that uh, with, the, with the similarities with the epidemic task force and in the structure, and I guess the, the urgency that was built into to that task force, do you feel that that's, that that's uh, indicative of the urgency built into this task force as well, and so how would you, and how would the, you say that this task force is structured to deliver on its work sooner than later, Kind of uh, kind of the way that task force did too?
1: So let's, let's first talk about what's the sense of urgency on this. Many groups are working on it and I think all of them are, are thinking along similar lines, but why, why are we addressing it and why uh, are we looking at it as uh, being so urgent now? So there are some things that we need to consider that's kind of driving this. First of all, the population growth is anticipated to increase Uh, in the next 30 years by 2.4 billion people. Now that's a 25% increase in the next 30 years. And in order to meet this population growth, we're gonna see that building growth is going to increase as well. And building growth is really anticipated to increase by two and a half trillion square feet by 2060. Now, To put that in perspective, and that's a big number, but to put it in perspective, to get to this level, we're going to be constructing an entire New York City every month, or even quicker, we could say that we're constructing the city of Paris every week. There is a lot of building that has to be built. What we also need to realize that half of the buildings that are going to be standing by 2060, as I alluded to there before, half of the buildings standing in 2060 have yet to be built. So as we look at this, uh, we must realize that the built environment is, really has a significant impact on the greenhouse gas emissions or commonly called gr- uh, carbon emissions. And if we look to see where it is in the, in the grand scheme of things for greenhouse gas emissions about, and this is a global perspective, about 11% of the greenhouse gas emissions can be attributed to building materials and construction, 11%. is just building operations. So related to the built environment, we're talking about 39%. And that number varies from year to year, 1% or 2%. But uh, it's it's the biggest portion. You say, well, now what about transportation? Well, transportation is only 22% as compared to the 39% in the built environment. And industry is about thirty percent, so it's by far the largest uh, impact on greenhouse gas emissions. Now, what we also re- must realize is or uh, recognize is that st- uh, scientists tell us that we need to limit the global temperature rise to two degrees Celsius, and there's a really strong recommendation that we retain it uh, to one and a half degrees Celsius. Now, in order to meet these climate goals of uh, temperature, reducing the temperature rise, the emissions from buildings need to be significantly reduced since it's a big part of our carbon emissions. And models project that these emissions need to be reduced by about 65% in the next eight years. So that's 65% in the next eight years. And that is decarbonization. That's not talking about going to total net zero. We need to reduce to total net zero by 2050. So that's going to be sooner than we think. So there is quite a bit of urgency in doing that. And I'll, I'll let Tom address how uh, how we're working on it sooner rather than later.
2: Well, we as you heard we we. Divided the task force into nine working groups, um, and each one of these working groups uh, addresses the various issues within within uh, the decarbonization world and and we are are working uh, basically to a deadline. Uh, the urgency that that Don just described is very real, and each one of these groups is trying to um, develop what I would call deliverables. And and that's a pretty broad definition, but that could be things like just information. Uh, One of our working groups actually basically is what we call the library, the research and knowledge working group. They're gathering up all the information we can find about this. Um, And so so our deliverables could include um, um, new documentation, uh, new research, certainly new tools that the practitioners in our business can use, and um, and and again, we're 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 working um, to to try to get all of these deliverables out into the hands of people as quickly as uh, possible. Um, we. We have been doing seminars. We just we just had a, a track of eight different seminars at the recently completed uh, ASHRAE winter meeting in Las Vegas. Um, from from our task force, uh, we have a we have a conference scheduled an international conference on decarbonization scheduled for October of this year. It's actually going to be held in Athens, Greece. Um, I, I was on a meeting about that conference. Uh, just a few minutes ago before I uh, joined your podcast here. Um, and so that's going to be uh, an extremely important way for us to continue to deliver the information and um, and become a resource that people again practitioners in our business uh, can use as they as they try to address this decarbonization um, this decarbonization effort. So those are kind of a lot of the things that we're working on. It's a it really has, I, I know for me and Don, because we're on the phone almost daily about this, it's almost turned into a full-time job. And and that's not a complaint. That that's uh, that really and truly is a, a reflection of how urgent we think that all of this is.
0: Now with that that October conference in, in uh in Athens is that kind of accelerated some deadlines for the group, or was that all all, all figured into the mix anyway?
2: Well, it, it's been part of our discussions from early from from the early days of the task force, uh, but but in a way, yes, it has accelerated some of our information gathering, and and we've gotten a lot of interest in that conference. Um, uh, the the, uh, the European Commission is coming uh, to make presentations. Um, there, there are you know there are different groups from around the world that have, have gotten in touch with us. Um, so, so yes, the answer to your question is yes. We, we do need to make sure we don't fall behind in getting the information together uh, promptly, so that we can we can have this conference, but also to to meet the goals of the task force, which is which is to provide timely information and and be be a valuable resource.
0: I guess from from both of your, your long experience in the field uh, in research and business and academia, do you believe that building owners now, uh, both public and private, uh, are getting that message or are they ready to and willing to act on the recommendations of, that your task force will come up with?
1: Well, first, let me say that our work is just larger than the recommendations of the task force. I think what is happening is we're seeing that ASHRAE as a society is adding the carbon to our portfolio of things that we're working with, where we have been working in energy efficiency for many, many, many years. And we are kind of the uh, standards authority for that. The society is is now looking at, at saying how can, we add carbon, or how can we change our emphasis or expand our emphasis from uh, energy efficiency to uh, carbon reduction? And so it's more than just the recommendations of the task force. This information is going to be coming from all the different areas of the society, such as developing of new standards and guidelines, our technical committees are, are working on these things. Our education and publications group, all of these are, are working to pull together and to act on recommendations of the task force and develop recommendations. And that will be fed out through uh, our local chapters. We have a vast network of chapters around the world. So. Uh, the information is is going out in many different areas and is being developed by many different groups. In addition to the task force, what we're trying to do is kind of uh, put some put some things in perspective and have some organization within the society. But in in response to your question, we already have many owners, uh, uh, designers, and Agencies, both state and local governments, that are that are already asking for this information. Uh, many countries and states or provinces and local governments have set co- set goals for decarbonization, but it really hasn't been determined how those goals are going to be reached. And our purpose is to help the built environment community to. To figure out how to reach those goals. Now, as in anything new, there are going to be some hesitancy in acting, but what ASHRAE is trying to do is to provide some good, solid guidance for those that are wanting to reduce the impact of buildings on the CO2 equivalent emissions. And I think that uh, those recommendations are going to be based upon this good, solid scientific guidance on uh, on these recommendations. And
2: yeah, my, my comment uh, Rob, to your question is is I've actually seen the answer to your question change just in the last 12 months you know since we were appointed to the, the task force um, uh, as a consulting engineer, obviously I work with with clients both public and private, um, who who want us who wanted us to design their buildings, and uh, even a year ago, um, the there was hesitancy that if you would talk to them about can we start looking at zero carbon, uh, even even um, energy efficiency goals that you know that the they, the the perception and that's what it was um, was that this was going to cost a lot more money. What has happened, and again, I have seen this change just in the last several months, is that clients, building owners, have begun to become very aware of of the the severity of the issue and the urgency to try to address this. And they are now much more willing uh, to talk about how do we get to, to zero carbon? And, and, and coupled with that is because you really can't get to zero carbon unless you also get to uh, extremely uh, good energy efficiency, zero energy, basically. Um, and, but more and more of our building owners, more and more of my clients have begun to ask for that and, and are very much aware of the, the, the need to address this quickly.
1: I, I'll, agree with, I'll agree with that as well, and it's not only happening in buildings, it's happening in industry as well. Uh, I've worked a lot with doing industrial energy assessments, and I was working with a company recently, and they put in a $15 million solar system, and I asked them what were their economics on that, and their response was, is, well, we wanted to be perceived as a green company, and so therefore it came out of our advertising budget. So I think what we're seeing is there are other things that are, that are raising this to a elevation where this is gonna get done.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's good that, it, that it's spreading so far and fast now. Um, I guess just with the last question I have here, then is both of you are very accomplished engineers with more than 40 years experience, I think for both of you um many people might be retired at this stage of their careers so, so what what's uh, what's keeping you so active is is it is it the urgency of this issue itself or or uh what what's 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 making you uh, take on these uh, all these expanded roles
2: well well uh, i'll answer that question um I, I had the opportunity to retire just last year and decided uh, basically against it only because um, I'm still very passionate about this, um, and and I still, as long as as long as your health allows you to continue to to participate, and as long as 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 uh, you are um, are able to to help, I guess, and, and add something to the conversation. That's kind of what drives me again, it's it's a it's a, a very I'm very passionate about the the I've always enjoyed the being in the industry, um, really not ready to give that up even after all these years. Uh, but I'm very passionate about making sure that um, that we we pass on the information that we have gathered over all of our years of experience um, and and try to address a lot of these new issues because things change in our industry almost every day. And, and again, it's, it's a bit of a passion, but it's also, um, as long as you can help and, and as long as your help is needed, uh, that's, that's kind of why I, I have stuck around, you know, so, um, it's, it's kind of an interesting question, but, but that's, uh, that, that's exactly, um, uh, uh, what I, the way I feel about it because I, you know, Again, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's important that we use all of our resources to address these issues.
1: Rob, Rob I'll, I'll agree with, with Tom in that this is a real interesting question. And I think you have, uh, have heard the passion that we both have, have for this. And so um, I thank you for that question. And I will respond. Yes, it, it, it is tempting to look at slowing down. Um, however, I feel as though my experiences have now put me in a unique position to address something that is important to my grandchildren and actually those that are coming after them. And my faith calls for us to be good stewards of our resources. Mm-hmm. And through this effort, I can now see the rewards of putting into practice these many years of, of hard work that, uh, that we've put into it. So thank you for that question. And I think that there are a lot of other people who have these experiences that are, are willing to contribute to this as well. Well, uh, well, well, thank you too, and
0: thank thank both of you. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. But uh, thanks so much for your insights here, and and for the vital work that you are doing, or you're both doing, for the profession and, and for our planet. Uh, so thanks again. Um, thanks everybody for listening this month. For our prior episodes of HPAC on the air, please visit our website hpac.com, and visit the members only section at the top right of our homepage. So take care, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. And gentlemen,
1: good luck with the, with all the work ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us with you today.